Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 14th of November, 2023. Flyers back in action tomorrow when they travel to Carolina to take on the Canes. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. And also, great time of year uh, to talk about our Penn Medicine Assist. Flyers teaming up with Penn Medicine because for every Flyers Assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers are donating 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. I can think of nothing better than to be doing that around this time, especially as we're starting to dip into the holiday season. And dare I say, I'm in a bit of a festive mood. That's odd for me. Now, this weekend, I started doing something I usually hate doing, and that is taking down the Halloween decorations. I love the Halloween decorations. I got the bale of hay on the porch and the corn stalk and, you know, the scary guy swinging from the tree and, you know, f- foam grave stones and all, the whole thing, headstones. So I hate taking it down because I love that time of year. I love this entire time of year. But it is time to turn the page from Halloween to Thanksgiving, which in turn is the holiday season. It's that time. And I'm feeling a little festive. And I'm, I'm happy with not only, you know, that we're turning into the holiday season, the greatest time of year, but also with where the team is going and what they've shown. Now, you may be going, Jason, settle down. They're 15 games in, and you'd be right. No doubt about it. They are only 15 games in. You may say, Jason, settle down. They're 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. They're NHL 500 after those 15 games. And again, you would be right. But the reason why I'm feeling happy about where the team is is because of the way it's played out. Now, there's a couple things. Where I want to start with this, and like I said, the Flyers will play Carolina tomorrow night. They'll have game three of the three-game revenge tour, as I've termed it. Game one of the revenge tour was Anaheim. They got the win in Anaheim 6-3. to Game two of the revenge tour was in L.A. against the Kings. They got the 4-2 win after being shut out a week prior, 5 to nothing. And they're looking to exact a little revenge on the road once again, where they've actually got a better record this season than they do at home against the Canes, who they lost to, what was that, just a couple weeks ago, uh, when they lost to Carolina at Wells Fargo Center. That was the last game of the month of October, October 30th. They lost that game 3-2. Really good hockey game through everything and more at Freddie Anderson and the Canes in that third period. But the Canes came out with a 3-2 win. And then, you know what? Actually, the revenge tour will continue Saturday at Wells Fargo Center when they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. So we've got that going on as well. I didn't even realize that. Then Columbus will come in on Sunday, and they'll look to exact a little revenge on the Flyers for the Flyers beating them on opening night. But... There's a couple of reasons why I'm in a good mood about what's taken place so far about this Flyers team. First of all, sometimes we get too caught up in social media and the negativity, which we've talked about, rebuild, some people wanting the team to lose, others not wanting the team to lose, you know, different models of rebuild in different situations. But the reason why I feel good about where they are right now is because, you know, to me, they look like they've moved the ball. And the biggest reason why I think they've moved the ball is the way they're playing. 
not just I, I think they played hard last year, even in the midst of some pretty rough stretches. I think they've played hard. I think they've played hard this year. There's a couple games, obviously, I don't like the result in the San Jose game. We talked about that when it happened that night, very late that night. Uh, I didn't like the result, obviously, and the way they played against Ottawa in the second game of the season. But it's hard to find other games where I, I'm really going, you know, I, I really didn't, didn't like their, the way they attacked it tonight. I mean, even the loss to Buffalo, where they lost 5-2, to two, I thought that they played a good hockey game that game. They just found a way, you know, weird things happened. They outshot Buffalo 40-15. to 15. They didn't get saves when they needed the saves. They didn't capitalize on scoring opportunities. But I thought they played hard. So those, you know, those elements are there, and they're good things. And I think clearly that the standard of play and accountability has been there. And we are seeing accountability in the NHL rear its head across the league. We saw John and Jonathan Huberdeau of an eight-year contract with Calgary get benched in the third period. We saw Johnny Gaudreau get benched. We've seen multiple guys in Columbus get benched. We've seen guys all over the league get benched. Flyers, Cam York got benched for an entire third period. You know, accountability has got to be there. You cannot accept, you know, subpar performances in the areas you can control. Effort, you know, situational hockey. Those are things in this game of variables that can't be a variable. So we're seeing that accountability. So I like that part of it. It was actually one of my least things that I was concerned about coming into this season. The really, really, the big difference to me, forget about, you know, Ivan Provorov being gone, Kevin Hayes being gone, James Van Riemsdyk being gone, Tony D'Angelo being gone. Obviously, four players that had, you know, big roles here in different ways. Provorov as the minute seater on the blue line played every game. Hayes, huge personality and was a guy that, you know, was a penalty killer for you. 1920 was fantastic at it. Second in points on the team last year. All of those elements, big elements, a big presence from Kevin Hayes as a big free agent signing heading into that 1920 season. James Van Riemsdyk having a really good start to the season with the Boston Bruins and playing, you know, top line, top six minutes. And then obviously, you know, the other guy that you talk about there, Tony D'Angelo, hometown guy comes home. All those guys are gone. They're replaced by, you know, Ryan Paling, Sean Walker, who we didn't really know a whole heck of a lot about, admittedly so. You know, you look at some of the the young players. But really, the biggest difference to me from last year to this year is obviously some of the young players, guys like Brink, who did sit out last game, you know, some of the young players trying to take next steps in their career, whether that's Sam Harrison as well, or some of players looking to rebound, like Travis Sanheim, who is off to far and away his best start in his NHL career. But the biggest change year to year isn't all of that subtraction or any of those additions. To me, the biggest change the Flyers from last year to the Flyers from this year is actually something that is kind of innocuous. It's the way they play the game in transition. It's it's how fast 
They go from defending to offense. That is the biggest difference. And I see on social media, and I talk to a lot of people around the ranks or when I'm out and about, that they're having more fun watching this team. I think the single biggest reason for that, look, I think playing young players and seeing some hope and you know, seeing some of these young players like Brink or you know, Tippett, who has had the last couple of games, been really good, and, you know, those, and Travis Sanheim excelling. I think all of those things make you happy and, and point you in the right direction. But I think the reason why people are enjoying the Flyers more is the way they play in transition. I firmly believe that. Watching a team that creates a turnover just inside their own blue line and then send three D-to-D passes back to each other and then try and attack the opposition when they're sitting in their structure in the neutral zone is not nearly as entertaining, as fun, or effective as a team that creates the turnover inside their blue line and goes the other way right away. It's way faster. It's way more high-paced. It's way more exciting. It'll grab a crowd and build a crescendo a lot quicker. And it's more successful. Now, why is it more successful? Because you're not letting the opposition fall into their neutral zone, D, and the way they defend the neutral zone, which then turns into defending their own blue line and then defending your ability to get into the zone set up with possession. And I think that's important. I think the Flyers team last year did a lot of that. They choked out the turnover, tried to go through the neutral zone, didn't see a whole lot of daylight there, didn't have the skilled players to do it, dumped the puck, then it becomes a board battle, likely going the other way. And there was a lot of, you know, lopsided zone time games last year. And that's not exciting hockey for the hometown fans. It's just not. But when you see a team and you see a play, like, let me give you an example. In the game against the Los Angeles Kings, Sean Walker blocks a shot just below the top of the circles in the D zone. As soon as he blocks the shot, immediately a couple of things happen. Number one, he blocks it and gets his head up right away. Why is he getting the setup? Because he's got to look for to, to play in transition, to get right back on the opponent, stress them immediately before they can s- slam into their you know, d- neutral zone structure. And two of his players read the play, read the turnover, the block shot, and two of his players, boom, they dart. Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny, they are darting up the ice. And because Walker, who made the block and caused the turnover, has his head up, Sends a beautiful pass right up the seam to Owen Tippett. He goes in on the breakaway and ends up getting the goal. Travis Konechny driving the net as well. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That is exciting hockey. It's not predictable because it happens off turnovers and it can happen at any time, which is also good for the people watching because you never know when one of those plays can bust out. This team couldn't score a lick off the rush last year. They were not good off the rush. This year... Much better. Why? A, they're getting more chances off the rush. B, they're not letting the opposition get into their structure, which mitigates the rush. Which allows the defenders to hand off players to other players. You know, give them ice into an area that you want them to go. So you can defend them. Keep them to the outside. That plays, boom, right up the middle of the ice. To me, that is the most... The biggest difference between between the 2022-23 Flyers and the 2023 soon-to-be-24 Flyers. That is the biggest difference. 
see it in every game, them working off the rush. I, I can count maybe on one hand, through 15 games, how many D-to-D regroups we see, you know, at the dots in the Flyers' D zone. You don't see it because they're not doing it. The coaching staff is saying, we turn that puck over, we go right away. And good on them for figuring that out. Got to figure out the power play. There's other things to figure out. But that is the biggest difference. And to me, that kind of hockey is enjoyable. It's wide open. It's exciting. It creates this, this, this whole aura of we're playing fast and we're going to stress the opponent. So to me, that's the biggest difference. And the... And like to kind of go back to the rebuild thing, and I know people, there are still people out there. Like I see some of the people that comment on the YouTube channel. Oh, they need to lose as many games as possible. They need to get another top three pick. Blah, 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 blah. You cannot accept losing. We talked about accountability at the beginning of this conversation. You have to have accountability. I, and we look, we talked about Huberto getting benched because he wasn't playing well. That's ultimate accountability. He's a huge piece for Calgary. Johnny Gaudreau getting benched in Columbus. He's a huge piece for Columbus. I saw this quote from an NHL rookie. It's Adam Fantilli. Now, he was the second overall pick in the draft. He, uh, or third overall, excuse me. He ends up going to Columbus. Carlson's number two, who looks like a fantastic player as well. This draft looks like it's going to be a really good one. But I saw this tweet, I saw it on Aaron Portsline's account, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. He said, Adam Fantilli, after Sunday's 4-3 shootout loss to the New York Rangers, which dropped the Blue Jackets to 1-5-4 in their last 10 games. Obviously, the Blue Jackets not playing well. And here's what Adam Fantilli said. A young player, I'll take a guy like this any day of the week. He said, quote, we have a young team, but that does not matter. I hate losing. I never want to lose. I don't want to get used to losing. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about the series of losses we've had, and I want to be able to fix it. I want to do my part in being able to fix that. We're a young team, but we're extremely skilled, and I think we have a lot be- we're a lot better than we've shown. Again, the key line in there for me is I don't want to get used to losing. Now, if a player like Adam Fantilli goes to a team well, we got Adam Fantilli, good high draft pick, but we need another one. We need to keep losing. And all of a sudden, you get used to it. It's one of those things that once you get used to it, that disdain for losing is never at the same level that it was if you get used to it, if you accept it. So that's never going to happen here. And frankly, it should never happen here, in my opinion. I don't understand people that want the team to lose. This has been more enjoyable. We have seen through 15 games progress. I asked a couple weeks ago, more than a couple weeks ago, right before the season, you know, what does progress look like for this Flyers team? Through 15 games, we've seen progress. Now, it's only 15 games, and there's a lot of games left. So there's still a lot to determine if progress will be made in total on this season. We'll see where it goes. But through 15 games, I've seen progress. I've seen a team that's more enjoyable to watch. I see a team that's more fun. I see a team 
that is moving us in the right direction, and that after the offseason changes with from Dan Hilferty to Keith Jones to Danny Briere, the admission of a rebuild and everything that goes with it, the drafting of Michkov, the development of Gauthier, uh, the play of uh, Bonk in juniors or whoever it might be. I think that we're all feeling we're, we're moving in the right direction and this first 15 games of this season haven't done anything to kind of defy that in any way, shape, or form. And if anything, maybe it's accelerated it a little bit. I don't know. If you have a thought on any of that, I always welcome your messages. You can always DM me on Twitter, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N. Uh, you can shoot me a DM there. You can always email me as well at jason.mertitis, J-A-S-O-N, dot M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get to some of those emails coming up in subsequent episodes as well. Flyers are off to a good start. They're at Hockey 500. That's not anything to get get excited about. But if you peel back the onion a little bit and really kind of look at it and go to the second level, progress has been made so far. Now it needs to continue. We'll find out if it continues tomorrow night against Carolina. We'll preview that game coming up in tomorrow's episode. To everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.